Good morning, friends and family. Thank you for joining me. This is Gail Manizak with City Changers, Illinois. Today, this morning, I'd like to talk about um, life and how life is a real battle. Um, Definitely a real battle. Life gets hard. And this is a fact. No one is exempt from this struggle or struggles and difficulties that we have in life. Circumstances outside our control, they will arise. They will cause stress and pain. And this is just a part of our life. All of us go through things. Amen. No one is exempt. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. So the question that will remain is how will you respond when it comes your way? Or when you're going through this struggle of life, this battle of life, how will you respond to it? When do you do or what do you do when when the battle comes to your doorstep, actually? Our response is uh, oftentimes is determined by how we spiritually prepare, how we guard ourselves, how how you prepare for for these days. The Apostle Paul urged his followers to put on the armor of God. And all of us that have read the Bible know about the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. He says to put on the armor of God that we may be able to stand firm against difficulties. So most people wake up, they live every day without this armor of protection. And when we live lives unguarded, we live our we leave ourselves open up for the enemy, the master of deception, to rush in and destroy us. And this destruction can happen in a moment. But oftentimes uh it comes little by little and, and it it's um you know it's like the enemy doesn't always come rushing in. Many times it's step by step by step and we're not even seeing what's happening every day we get a little more comfortable with sin a little closer to dangerous paths and we think we will be fine until we aren't amen until we aren't so wearing the armor of god is fully trusting that that he will protect he will guard us when the enemy comes in like a flood the Bible actually says, and I'm not sure where the scripture is at. I should have looked it up. That when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. So the the enemy wants nothing more than to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his sole purpose in this world to do to you or me or anyone anyone else, even non Christians. Get them out of get them. You know, take their life or destroy them before they come to know the Lord. So we have to be guarded. We have to be protected every day. When we trust God's word and we pray continually, we are covered. We're covered by his spirit. His word is is a lamp that guides our steps. It leads us to respond to circumstances in the right way. When co-workers gossip, we can be equipped to walk away from evil thoughts and words. Amen. 
And then when your family, even your family, is, is, seems to be against one another, the Bible teaches us to respond still yet in love and in faith. So life has its challenges, but God has equipped us with everything that we need to pass through the pain and um, to stand our ground when the battle comes. So we're meant to be people who have stood the test of time and come out stronger in the end. We can only do this by putting on the armor of God daily. So what are the, uh, you might consider what the vulnerable areas are in your life. Amen. We've all got them. We've all had those places where, you know, if, if the enemy touched us here, it wouldn't even phase us. But when he touches us here, it causes all kinds of chaos. Sin is real. It does it does more in the fabric of our souls than we know. It is a seed of destruction. And many of the behaviors and the outcomes that we often experience are a result of sin. Our thoughts, our realities, and our decisions are affected by it, regardless of one's awareness of it. So today we read about King Ahab, who was one of the kings of Israel who lived in sin. He had a rebellious heart. He, he did not honor the ways of God. And because of this, he and his family in, ended actually in destruction. He was not covered in the armor of righteousness or the garments of protection. He was not a believer. He wore, and he wore disguised armor thinking that he could hide from his sinful ways. No one can hide. Amen. Everyone is in full view of the Father. To be clothed in righteousness is not to deny the realities of sin and walk in our own strength, but to realize that sin has made its mark upon us. And we are in need of a greater righteousness. The prophet Isaiah understood this when he prophesied about Jesus being our righteousness and Jesus being our salvation. King Ahab attempted to disguise himself and wear armor that did not protect him. Sin will cause us to think that we can do things on our own, but we need better armor. We need the armor of righteousness. That only comes through the power of Jesus Christ and having received him as Lord and Savior of our life. The Apostle Paul understood this when he urged his followers to wear the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. When we live for God and trust his ways, we are living in the righteousness of Jesus. We are living, we have his righteousness. We have no righteousness of our own. The power of, of uh, Christ lives in us and we can guard, he, he can guard us from the power of evil, the power of darkness and sin. It doesn't make us perfect, but it does make us real. It, and it makes us honest, it makes us true, and it keeps us alive. So, in saying that, it's easy to feel alone while fighting difficult circumstances. It's easy to feel forgotten in the middle of the battle. 
It's easy to feel lost when the normal walkway has been shut down. It's easy to feel helpless during this pandemic we've been going through. It's easy to feel helpless when you face a problem so big there's nothing that you can do. It's easy to feel these emotions in this current season that we're in right now. Maybe today was one of those days when you woke up and and felt overwhelmed by a situation. You feel powerless, insignificant, and alone. And then questions arise in our hearts. How are we supposed to get through this? Do do we have anyone who can help us? We have these questions that will come to our mind. Elisha's servant felt overwhelmed when they were surrounded by the enemy. Remember that story? The army early in the morning, and it was one of these days where he woke up to a difficult circumstance. He didn't even have a chance to to make a cup of coffee and start the day off right. The The day started off in a panic. How many of us have had days like that? I'm sure the servant of Elisha felt helpless and fearful all all at the same time. But the prophet Elisha could see what the servant could not. So Elisha saw the armies of God surrounding the enemy's army. And Elijah knew that God was fighting for them. So the armies of God are greater than any problem or any struggle that we might face today. So when you feel alone, trust that God is near. When you feel forgotten, believe that God loves you. When you feel lost, know that you have always been found. He knows right where you're at. You are not lost. And when you feel helpless, watch God do the miraculous. God is fighting for us every moment of every day. So the areas in our lives that that we have need, it's easy to look at the current events actually in our world today and make, we can make drastic assumptions. Is this the end? Some may ask, we are doomed. This world is lost. Let's go to war and fight. Others, you know, everybody's shouting. Everybody has a voice saying something different. Lots of voices in the world right now. It's important to realize that the the climate of today, it's not much different from the past, really. The political struggle, the racial tensions, the patriotic fight is much like it was way back in the days of Jesus over 2,000 years ago. He was born in the middle of of a climate that was difficult to navigate. He survived the slaughter of innocent babies under Herod the Great. He grew up under the tyranny of Rome when political and religious riots would often leave towns and villages under destruction and sorrow. This is not something new that we're going through. Jesus was well acquainted with troubling times. He understood his people's desire for salvation. However, the salvation he would bring would be different. It would be totally different from what they expected. He would not gather a a great army 
of revolutionaries to overthrow the Roman Empire. He would not do that. That was not his way. He would not gather secret militants to fight and kill. In fact, he said things would get worse. This doesn't seem like a very encouraging word for the Savior of the world to say, yet Jesus did not shy away from struggle. He didn't shy away from pain, but confidently walked right through it. Jesus endured until the end. He endured until that end became a new beginning, a new again. So this type of enduring is what Jesus invites us into as followers of him. In the midst of a world where where the love of many is turned cold, Jesus encouraged his disciples to endure and share good news with the world. This is our mission too. This is, is our driving goal. This is what we're supposed to be doing. The Apostle James understood this when he wrote about patiently enduring tests and temptation. Those who endure will receive, he said, the crown of life that God has promised. So this is what it means to be battle-tested. We are a people who have withstood the test and trials of life. So you know what? May we look upon these difficult times and see an opportunity to do what God has called us to do, and that is share with the world a divine grace sufficient enough for all to be able to receive it. Amen. So... In regard to lawlessness, lawlessness is abroad. Fear grips many hearts. What are we to do? These are all the questions that seem to come up. Are we to demonstrate? Are we to, what are we to do? How are we to handle this? Are we to do all we can within the law to protest wrong and champion the right? What are we to do? So many questions. Whatever may be said for such activities, let us remember that these are not our chief weapons. They are not our strongest weapons. They are not our best weapons. Prayer and fasting, reading God's word, will always be our strongest weapons. There are no revolts, riots, wars, or parades that can ever take the place of of falling on our knees in our prayer rooms and seeking the Lord with our whole heart. There is nothing that can take the place of that. That is the ultimate warfare right there. There is no good quote. There is no thought that can replace God's word in our soul. So this is the way of the Christian. This is our way of life. Martin Luther is known for the statement where he said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. So Jesus made it clear that we cannot expect to walk in spiritual strength without praying 
fasting, and knowing God's word. Prayer is where God changes our hearts. Our hearts. Our hearts. He's working on us in prayer. Our minds. So fasting is when we offer up sacrifices to honor and seek God. God's word is where we learn to hear his voice more clearly. In the Old Testament, there was a priest, his name was Ezra, who was given permission to return to the land of Israel after being exiled in Babylon, exiled for many years. He challenged everyone to fast and pray to God as they journeyed home. The Lord hears and will answer our prayers. He may not always answer them, say, in the timing or in the way that we think he should, but his answers and his timing are always right. So in closing, let me just say that both Ezra and Jesus, they understood the power of prayer and fasting. These disciplines do something in our hearts and souls far greater than we can imagine. They are moments of humility and inner change for our our lives. When we face these, these struggles and spiritual battles of life, our first and only response should be to seek the Lord with prayer and fasting. The Lord, he is our best line of defense. He is our great protector. He is our source of life. 